are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this crossover Thursday, Locked On Bears, Locked On Texans crossover podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears, alongside John Hickman and Cody Davis from Locked On Texans, getting ready for a matchup that I think the rest of the NFL probably isn't going to pay too much attention to, but we care about these teams, and I think we're going to have a good matchup for you on Sunday. This crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with our promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And fellas, as we get into this matchup a little bit, I know for the Texans, it was a, a an interesting tie in week one. And then, of course, the, the week two loss for you guys. What, what do you have as the biggest storyline coming into this game for Houston? John, you want to go first? Yeah, I think we may have two different, um, you know, biggest storylines between Cody and I. But I think when we look at the Bears, and maybe for you guys as well, when you look at the Texans, but 180 yards on the ground game one. Over 200 ground, yards on the ground, game two. The biggest storyline for the Houston Texans, if, if you want to win the ball, go ahead and put the ball in the hands of Damian Pierce. He averaged nearly five yards per carry against the uh, Broncos, had some big runs on Sunday. I think he will be the way to victory. Uh, first touchdown in the NFL career outside of preseason, not in the regular season. And I think Houston is going to gear up, give him the ball, 20-plus carries, and he'll lead them home. And on my side of things, Lauren, I think the biggest storyline is, of course, Davis Mills. Um, this is a guy, unfortunately, you know, we are about to enter the third game of the regular season. And people are already wondering whether or not it's time to jump off the Davis Mills bandwagon. And look, I'm a Davis Mills supporter. I'm going to ride it until the wheels fall off. And trust me, the wheels has already started coming off. But um, I say all that just to say, you know, the one thing I've always noticed about Davis Mills, um, he doesn't play well on the road. And we are going into this third um, week of the regular season with Davis Mills as this team starting quarterback. And you mentioned it, you know, opening the, the first week of the regular season, there was a tie last week. There was a loss against the Denver Broncos. You know, the, yes, there was some miscommunications along the offensive line. You know, we can make a lot of judgment on whether or not there's enough weapons or whatever the case might be. But at the end of the day, Davis Mills has not looked good through these first two games and if he show up in at if he shows up in at least one of these games then you're looking at a situation where the Houston Texans could be one and one or possibly two and oh on the season but with this being a role game Davis Mills has not um found a way to beat his demons his his on the road demons that's what I like to call them because this man is struggling you know as of right now this place this guy has played seven career games on the road and has only completed 60 percent of his passes has only thrown four touchdowns with nine interceptions and look it's still early. Some people are still holding off hope that Davis Mills can be this team quality starting quarterback moving forward. But the first thing he has to do, not only for himself, but in order to get this organization back on the right track, he has to show out on the road. And outside of the win last year against the Jacksonville Jaguars, he has not done that at all. 
Well, I think when you enter a matchup like this, right, the, the, I think you can already see that the Bears are, are going with a, a similar situation quarterback-wise. Not that Bears fans are ready to give up on him, but just that the passing game has not been there, right? And the team has been looking for more of that passing game to be a factor. I mean, Mills has more passing yards and uh, at least a better touchdown inter- interception ratio right now than Justin Fields. So I think when you look at this Bears, like that's that's what they're looking for, right, is to get this passing game going. Everyone in Chicago has been talking all week about how the Bears only had 11 pass attempts last week against the Green Bay Packers, passed for 70 yards. And it's it's a it's a low stat line, right? And there's different game situation things that play into that, but still, like, you're not going to win football games passing that little. So I think both of these teams are going to want to get their, their passing games opening up a little bit more. And I think for the Bears, A, they're going to rely on the running game, but B, they need to stop the run. They haven't been able to consistently do that the first couple of games. And I think they look at a guy like Damian Pierce being a, a real talented back for the Texans that ideally I think Houston would want to run the ball with him and take some of that pressure off Davis Mills. And the Bears ha- have struggled with stopping that. The linebacker play has not been great. The secondary hasn't been the best at taking the right angles to the ball. And so this is going to be one of those weird games where I think both teams can have success running the ball, but both teams also want to be able to pass the ball more. But will they be willing to pass the ball if their running game is is working well, and is one team going to be then forced to pass more? And I think it's going to be an interesting sort of back and forth between these two offenses with, with both teams facing a similar defense on the other side to what they've got at their own home stadium that they're practicing against the same type of scheme. The Bears defense coming from a, likely the same kind of tree as what Lovey Smith is working with there. Really quick, Chicago Bears, Chicago. What's a rapper from Chicago? Kanye West. Kanye West once said, I got a light-skinned friend, look like Michael Jackson, got a dark-skinned friend, look <laughs> like Michael Jackson. These teams are very similar, starting with the quarterbacks. Justin Fields and Davis Mills, right, and Trevor Lawrence last year, but when we look at their quarterback situations coming into their season as rookies, uh, just turmoil everywhere with that organization. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of talent around them. Not a lot of money. Not a lot of players wanted to stay. Deshaun Watson once out had to go ahead and sign Tyrod Taylor. Uh, going into the season, there's a lot of issues with Allen Robinson. Now he's going in L.A. Can't bring in the weapons for Justin Fields, which is largely why I believe that he's struggling because he doesn't have many people to throw to out of uh, Mooney. And Mooney is a X-factor player. I don't think he is a number one in the NFL just yeah, even the current season, Houston hasn't been that good in terms of stopping the run. Neither has Chicago. Houston hasn't been that good in terms of airing out the ball and getting some down the field plays. Neither has Chicago. So I think when we look at both of these teams, they kind of mirror each other in certain ways. And yeah. I think Sunday is an opportunity for Houston to go one, one and one or for the Chicago Bears to go two and one. He's just one, one and one. It's just crazy to me. But this is a big game for both organizations because I don't think either one of them wants to lose to the other guy because if you look at him, it's like, we should be better than you, and we should be better than what we are right now through two games, of course. I know it's early in the season. Yeah, I think both teams look at the other team and say, oh, we should beat them, and this could be our game to get our things right. But when both teams are doing that to each other, I think it says a lot about where what state each of them are in. You mentioned Darnell Mooney, and I want to get into him as a potential big matchup in this game. We'll, we'll get into some of our key matchups here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Nugenics. They're here to help you feel young a little bit again. You know, once you get older, your body changes a little bit. Maybe you start to get 
little bit more of a dad bod. You don't feel quite like your old self. You don't have as much time to work out, but you want that energy and that feeling that you once had. But our friends at Nugenic can help you feel revived and help you working out like you used to. Nugenic's Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testafen. It's been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. And because Nugenic's Total Tea boosts that free testosterone that the aging process takes away, you'll feel stronger and leaner with more energy and drive and more passion too. Now you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenic's Total Tea when you text NFL to 231-231. Text now and get that bottle of Nugenic's Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. You just text NFL to 231-231. That's NFL to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at Nugenics.com slash terms. Let's get into some of these key matchups in this game. John, you mentioned Darnell Mooney there briefly, and he was one of the guys I wanted to point to because so far through two games, he has two catches for four yards. I think some of that's been how the Bears have been using him as a little bit more of a decoy, a little bit more underneath type guy, not putting him in the best position to be successful. But I look on the other side in this game and a guy like Derek Stingley, you know, a highly touted first round pick, likely going to get that Mooney matchup. And it seemed like last week they were going after him a little bit and having some success, but clearly he's still a playmaker. He has the talent. It's just a matter of kind of growing through that as a rookie. I, I guess, how do you sort of see what we've seen from Stingley so far and how do you see that matchup playing out? Yeah, I, I think Stingley right now is in a good position. Uh, he went up against one of those tier two receivers who can possibly be a tier one with Russell Wilson as his quarterback now, which is what Sutton hasn't had. Uh, made some plays, and I think overall what we saw out of Stingley last week is just him getting acclimated to the NFL speed and getting some rhythm going. When was the last time we saw Stingley play football outside of the last four weeks? It had been a while, right? And so he made a play here, but he tugged on his shoulder on the jersey. I've got to call P.I. Right, made a play here. Guy went out of bounds, didn't get his foot down on a sudden touchdown. They called that back. The very next play, you see the immediate in-game changing where he's not allowing the receiver to come to his body. Now he's meeting the receiver, and he actually got a pass deflection on that pass, on that touchdown. They broke it up. And so I think right now, overall, with Stingley, he's just still learning while going through the NFL process and getting his body back and getting his confidence back because of the Lens Frank injury from last season. He hadn't played football in such a very long time. He's going to have his downs and lows. He's going to have his ups and highs. But overall, I think that for two weeks, he's looked very good. And he's a willing tackler. I want to say that. He comes up and make tackles. I like that. Cody, when you look at this matchup, what's standing out for you that the Texans need to win in order to get the head of the Bears in this one? Um, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of the Chicago Bears offensive line versus the Houston Texans um, front seven. And I say that because, you know, when you go back and you take a look at the first two games that the Houston Texans have had, um, you know, you already know the story. You know, you was up. You know, of course, there was a 17 point lead against the Indianapolis Colts. Why there was a lot of like frustration and stuff going on. On the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, along with Derek Stanley, they have really um, held their own. Yes, there's been times, especially along the defensive front, where you could say, okay, that might be a head, a head, a head scratcher. But at the same time, 
um, a lot of the times where the Houston Texans, it seemed like they had an opportunity to win. It came on the defense. And you're looking at a Houston Texans defense as of right now in the first two games, they have already recorded five sacks. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe Justin Justin Fields has already been sacked about four to five times right there. And, you know, look. I'm rooting for Justin Fields. I've been rooting for this guy ever since Ohio State. I'm hoping I'm hoping that he does well in Chicago, but it just seems like um, the Chicago Bears has not um, took enough effort into building a quality offensive line to protect him. And when I see a weak offensive line or probably one of, if not the weakest offensive line in the league, I do believe that is the area where the Houston Texans are really going to try to exploit in hope of leaving Chicago with a victory. That's also Lovey Smith's home tower return. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking well, speaking of offensive lines, that was one of the things I looked at with Houston, not because they don't have talent there, but because of the injuries they've had up front. Cody, I was wondering if you could update us a little bit on, I know some guys are injured and we're not sure exactly who's going to play, but it seems like particularly that interior center and left guard have some, some injuries there. I, I see that as a spot where if they've got some backups in there or even the rookie, like that could be an opportunity for the Bears to find some pressure up the middle. What, what's, what's going on with the offensive line there and what's your level of concern? Honestly, the offensive line is not too much of a concern because the first two games, it only seemed like they're top, the, the, the main two issues that they was having, it was more so communication based. And me and John talked about it. That was because, look, your three most important offensive linemen, Larry Tunsil, Titus Howard, Justin Britt, for some odd reason, the Houston Texans thought that it was a good idea to sit them throughout the entire preseason. Now they went out there in that very first game against the Indianapolis Colts, had a lot of communication issues, and that is the only time that they look terrible. Against the Denver Broncos, the offensive line did look better because first and foremost, Justin Britt isn't injured. He's dealing with some type of personal issues. A lot of people thinking that he's contemplating whether or not to retire or not. But at the end of the day, the offensive line did take a step forward because they had an opportunity to replace Justin Justin Britt was terrible against the Indianapolis Colts, by the way. I believe I looked on Pro Football Focus. He had like an overall grade in one game of like 45. Oof. But um, you nice. know, they replaced him, they they replaced him with Scott with Scott Quisenberry, and he did a very good job at center. And then they finally put Keon Green over there alongside Laramie Tunsil at the left guard position. Now, his pass blocking, uh, it's a little iffy. There are times where you could look at that and say, okay, that's a rookie. We could try to exploit him. However, if the Houston Texans are true to their word and they want to want to run the football and they want to use Damian Pierce, that guy is 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 phenomenal with his run blocking. And, you know, so when you look at the offensive line, you know, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. And if they could get that communication down um, better, then you're looking at a situation where they'd be able to, to protect not only Davis Mills, but of course, most importantly, Damian Pierce. Really yeah. quick, I want to ask you, Lauren, about the Chicago Bears and the defensive side of the ball. Now, we watched some of the tape against the Packers, and they seemed like they were able to kind of exploit attacking the left side of the defensive line for the Chicago bears. Any reason why they was able to just gain a lot of yards going that way. So what it was is, is the Packers could get outside either, either side easily, but anything up the middle, the bears were, were swallowing up really, really well. But whether it was a jet sweep, a little bubble screen to the outside, or just a toss or an outside zone kind of stretch run, the bears were having a lot of trouble with their linebackers getting over to the top of box and getting outside to contain and flush things back inside. Or when they did flush things back inside, you know, the Bears missed 17 tackles in that last game. I mean, it was 
uncharacteristic for them, but a really high number between 11 different guys all missing at least one tackle in that game. So even when they were containing runs well, they were really struggling to actually wrap up when they did. So there's some expectation that they'll at least tackle better in this game, but the actual ability to get out in space and redirect runs is still a very big concern for me. And I would look for the Houston Texans to follow that model from the Green Bay Packers last week and just keep doing it until the Bears prove they can stop it. Because when Roquan Smith and Nick Morrow can go downhill up the middle, you know, they, they've got that speed and they can they can hit downhill. But for some reason, you know, getting to the edge, you know, they're trying to run around blocks and not fight through them and even trying to make some of those tackles in space. It felt too often like like Roquan Smith and Nick Morrow were like they were getting hit when they were trying to like they were running into the running back, but they were taking the hit and they weren't laying the wood as much in the running back because the backs are, are already getting downhills and the running back are trying to sort of, or the linebackers are trying to flow over top. So it, they don't have as much of that momentum behind them to deliver that hit. And it's the running backs that have been the more sort of physical winners up there. And that's where I have some concern about Damian Pierce being able to get a little head of steam behind him and really do some damage on the outside. If the, if the Texans can kind of consistently get the ball going out there. I have a feeling with both of these teams kind of looking at you know, having a lot of success in the running game and maybe some trouble stopping the run. And I know they both want to pass, but being able to run so well might keep this as a, a little bit of a lower scoring kind of tough <laughs> back and forth fighting game. We'll go through some of our score predictions and kind of wrap up with a little recap of how this matchup might go as we continue our crossover Thursday podcast right here on a locked on podcast network. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your betting, football betting needs information this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchup news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information for live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports, games, and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net and use your or use your mobile device, excuse me, to learn more about what's happening because BetOnline is where the game starts. So, guys, as we enter this this matchup, I think both teams and and both fan bases probably fairly confident that they're going to be able to win this game. They both are again circling the opponent as like the beatable team that we really should be beating on the schedule. So, I, I kind of have a feeling how. Both sides will end up feeling on this, but I guess, John, let's start with you. Give me your score prediction for how you think this one will play out. Before I do, I want to ask you about the rookie safety brisker. Number sure. nine. Now we have a rookie safety here in Houston. Like I said, these teams really mirror each other a lot. The starting safety. You yeah. guys have brisker who I think has been playing very good for you guys. Uh, what, what about brisker as a safety, as a rookie that earned their starting job? He's out there balling for you. What's something that Texan fans should know about? Sure. I I will say he earned the starting job in part because they didn't have much else, right? They went into the plan kind of saying, we drafted him in the second round. He's he's our guy. But he did also play really well in training camp in the preseason. It just wasn't really a real competition necessarily for his spot. But I will say this. He is... He's a physical, in-the-box type of strong safety through and through. He can cover on the back end, but... In week one, he got burned once in coverage, and he, he's not a natural deep safety. He's much more of a, you know, almost like a linebacker, but can play. They put him up at the line of scrimmage in the red zone and let him play almost like an outside linebacker there. And he's known for being able to deliver a hit. Now, last week against the Packers, he missed four tackles by PFF's numbers. No other bear missed more than two, but he missed four. So he was getting, I think, a little ahead of himself. He's a lot of energy, a high motor guy who wants to get to the ball, but sometimes maybe he's a little too eager 
to get to the ball and then overruns it a little bit or doesn't take the proper angle to get there and deliver that hit. But he did have a nice fumble recovery in week one. He feels like he has a knack for being around the football. And, and he, he wants to hit people and wants to be physical and wants to tackle. So, like, it, it's it's all there. It's just a matter of really kind of honing it in and getting it kind of settled in as, as you want it to be. Bears fans, that sounds like Texan Jalen Petrie. A lot. Exactly. Like every, I was thinking that same thing. Like exactly same. Second round safety, always run the ball, maybe some missed tackles, but you know, make a play. There was no competition. It was like you was the starting from day one. That sounds like Jalen <laughs> Petrie a lot, but oh, you know, man. I, I think when we look at this game, by, by the time it comes down to the clock hitting zero, I see the Houston Texans pulling this one out. I think that they will make it hard for Justin Fields, who, again, I like Cody. Like, like He doesn't have enough around him. When we look at Trevor Lawrence, when we look at what they invested in for Zach Wilson, when we look at a lot of these younger quarterbacks, the general managers for these teams were able to bring in some talent and, and, and put guys around their quarterback, right, especially going in year two. Look at what Trevor Lawrence has in Christian Kirk. A lot of us was laughing at that contract, but so far mm-hmm. Kirk has paid out. Um Zach Wilson haven't stepped on the field yet, but it's obvious that they have talent offensively, right? And so Fields hasn't gotten that luxury. And I, I don't think this Sunday will be one of those games where it's raining, the field is wet, and it's, a, it's, a, it's sloppy out there. You can go on a deep dive on the field. It's not going to be one of those games. I think Houston pulls it out. I do think this is going to be one of those 19, 20 to 13 type of wins for Houston. They get their first official dub on the season against the Chicago Bears. Cody, what about you? Honestly, I kind of want to go with a tie because both of these teams <laughs> mirror each other so much. I just want to say 7-7, you know, the right. Texans stand at 0-1-2, which would be very funny. But I would not be surprised if that happens. But, you know, when I when I take a look at this match, like I said in the second segment, you know, I truly believe that the Houston Texans are able to exploit the offensive line that the Chicago Bears has. I do believe that can be their path to victory. However, on the offensive side of the ball, there are so much questions. Plus, as good as the defense has played, they still have a problem with their run defense. And Justin Fields, didn't he already have a game where he like threw 400 and, and ran 400 somewhere along those lines of his rookie season? So, I mean, I, I, I also believe that can be possibly one of those games for Justin Fields. However, with all that being said, I would have to say the Texans will come out with the win, but I think it'd be very low, a very low score game, like 13 to seven, possibly 10 to seven Texans. I could, I could definitely see that. Like, I don't see a lot of offense getting, getting bored. I will <laughs> yeah. say for Mooney, a great matchup will be probably lining him up in the slot and attacking the middle of the field between the defensive lineman and the linebacker level, maybe some slants, crossing routes. We have struggled with that here in Houston. And if the Bears are smart, they'll make that adjustment and attack that area. They have been using him in the slot a lot, but, like, they've been using him, like, underneath in the flats and like a check down option too much. And it's been, it's been troublesome and they've sort of expressed a desire to make him a little yeah. bit more of a, a featured part of their offense. And I imagine we'll see a little bit more from Mooney in this game, but we has got to see it first before we're going to believe it. And I, it's, I think bears fans would get the pitchforks and, and torches out if I predicted a Texans win. And I, I do think the bears, I, I do think the bears circle this one as one that they feel like they should win and that they should be able to get things rolling 
a little bit more. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of similarities between these two teams. But if I'm putting the two quarterbacks next to each other, I'm taking Justin Fields over Davis Mills. And you, know, you can nitpick, okay, Texas have a slightly better offensive line or slightly better this or the Bears have a slightly better that. But I, I trust that Justin, if, if, when, when push comes to shove, if it's, if it's say, you know, 10 all in the fourth quarter and, and you need a, a touchdown scoring drive, I'm putting my money on Justin Fields to be able to just make things happen, even if it's single-handedly. If it's him scrambling and it's him making things happen out of nowhere, he, he's, he pulled out a few of those against the San Francisco 49ers, and the Texans, in theory, should be a bit easier than the first two teams that the Bears played on the schedule. I don't think either team has the potential to blow out the other one. I do think it's going to be low-scoring either way. I find myself around like a, a 17-10 Bears win, but maybe that, that 17, that, that last touchdown comes late in the fourth quarter and they pull one ahead and mm. they never really are. Neither team is really in control for the whole game, but it ends up being like that last two-minute drive. The Bears get a chance to drive down there and finish it off with a win. I, I think it's going to be a fun one for both of these teams back and forth. Just sort of to recap here as we as we wrap things up, both teams looking to run the ball. Both teams struggling to, run, to stop the run, but both teams also trying to get their quarterbacks going a bit more and answer some of these questions, not only about their quarterbacks and, and about their supporting cast. And I guess, John, as I, as I turn it back to you guys, like I, I think we kind of look at, at Houston, we didn't get a ton into like their receiving core. I mean, everyone has kind of talked about Darren Looney and the bears don't have much else, but you look at, you know, Brandon cooks, uh, uh, Nico Collins and tight end, you know, guys like OJ Howard has, has come over and, and made a couple of plays right. here and there, but it's not a group that necessarily, wows you a ton on that side either but I don't know are they are they getting overlooked in Houston well I think the issue that I'm seeing and I go right back to the game against the Denver Broncos it's just that the quarterback isn't been able to find them when they are open uh right now what I see with this offense is trying to get their guys in some space and when they've been in space you've had Davis Mills uh, touchdown that was technically dropped by Brandon Cooks and as a pro who's been in the league eight nine years that's one of those catches you want him and expect him to make. However, that's a low throw. As a quarterback, that's an easy throw out in the flats. Just go ahead and hit him. On a, uh, actually, it was a, I think, a zig route. But outside, that's something you're supposed to be able to hit him on easily. Raymond Jordan was open a couple of times throughout the game against the Denver Broncos. So Davis Mills hasn't been able to actually get those guys involved because it's a lot of one-read plays or he's just not finding them. One thing he's also not doing is allowing plays to develop, and he's getting rid of the ball too quickly. He has happy feet. He hasn't been hit that much in his career. So I'm not understanding what the issue is with that. Overall, I think Houston does have serviceable weapons. If you have Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins is a player that has big playability written all over him. Had four catches for nearly 60 yards on Sunday, 11 targets, and four of those targets were not nowhere near catchable. That's an issue for the quarterback. So the targets here in Houston, the weapons here in Houston, they are able to make the plays when the ball is able to hit their hands. And outside of the one drop pass from Chris Moore, I thought he should have caught, which was, I thought was a very good throw from Davis Mills. They haven't been able to get that consistently. And, hmm. and Cody, when I look when I look at this, this matchup, the Bears have been preaching all season – not turning the ball over and, and generating turnovers themselves. I, I know the Texans have a couple of interceptions and a forced fumble, but I, I noticed not from the defensive backfield. It's been the defensive linemen up front that have been really the playmakers there. And I guess when I look at Justin Fields' turnovers this season, he does have a couple of fumbles in the pocket when the sacks get home. His interceptions, one was a bad throw. The other one was in garbage time that I'm not really 
all that concerned about. But how, how do you sort of look at the Texans approaching that both Davis's Mills ability to take care of the ball? He hasn't turned it over yet up to this point. And also that defensive line for them getting home and, and getting some of those turnovers. <laughs> now, Davis Mills has done a good job taking care of the ball. But what I would say is some of the times, uh, some of his passes be so bad, nobody's catching it. Like on Sunday, <laughs> he threw the ball. Uh, that was towards the end of the game. And he threw the ball so wild, it went out of bounds. And Nico Collins damn near hurt himself trying to catch it. He ran into the kicker's net, for God's sake. So it's like, yeah, on one hand, he ain't throwing no touchdowns. I mean, no interceptions, but nobody's really catching it. But, um, you know, to go back to the Texans defense, you know, yes, they has, they so far has done a great job um, creating turnovers. You know, almost every single week when we have an opportunity to speak to guys on the defensive side of the ball, the one thing that they say, Lovey Smith always preaches, um, taking taking the ball away you know give the offense as as more opportunities to score and if not hopefully you could take one back to the house yourself but you know i i what i love most about lovey smith's defense and his desire to take away the ball is not just as you just alluded to it's not just a secondary no anybody who steps foot on that field, on that on that defensive side of the ball, he wants you to take away the ball. It's the defensive line units. It's the linebacking core. Like, he wants everyone to take away the ball. And look, on Sunday, you're going to see it. The first three quarters, the Texans' defense are going to go inside. Chicago, of course, Lovey Smith, you guys know him a lot out there. Um, and they're going to put on a show. However, on the offensive side of the ball, Nine times out of ten, they're not going to be able to sustain drives. The defense is going to get tired in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, maybe for the Chicago Bears, that's when they could be like, okay, defense is tired, let's exploit that. But it all comes down to whether or not Davis Mills can finally get things going. Lauren, is there any player we should be looking out for that may just flash on the screen that we're not talking about right now? I think if I had to throw one out there, it's one of the rookies that hasn't gotten much attention. But Dominique Robinson, their fifth round pick, a defensive end, had a couple of sacks in the he was put down as one and a half sacks, but really got to Trey Lance twice in that first game. Looked strong, fast, athletic, really new to the defensive end position. He was recruited as a quarterback in college, then played wide wow. receiver for two years in college, and then switched <laughs> to defensive end for his junior and senior year. So he's only been playing DN for two years and, and a couple of games now as a, a, you know, at this level. And so he's still learning the position, but he's a freak athlete because of, because of his past at other positions. And he, and he looked particularly strong. He brought down Trey Lance with one hand at one point, just grabbed the back of his Jersey and yanked him down to the ground. So he's a little bit of that secret weapon. And I did see that Robert Quinn has faced the third most double teams in the NFL this season, the third highest rate of double teams from one of the pass rush spots. So the bears have needed the other defensive end to be a little bit more productive in that regard. And Robinson has been one of the guys that's been able to step up a couple of games in here. The, the one thing that I'm really looking forward to is seeing how Lovey Smith is received by the crowd in soldier field. <laughs> I, I think they're going to cheer him. I don't think they have they too should. much reason to boo him. And I, and I think there have been over the years, every time the bears have a bad head coach, which has been a lot of them since Lovey Smith, all Matt of them, Nicky. Every all every head coach since Lovey Smith, you always get Bears fans who say, "We shouldn't have fired Lovey Smith." They they fired him at ten and six his last mm. season. He missed he missed the playoffs, mm. but was ten and six. And Bears fans have long said, "Man, we fired him too early. We shouldn't have fired him. We got too impatient. We took for granted what a ten and six season felt like." And so I'm I'm hoping there's a, a large applause for Lovey Smith because I think a lot of Bears fans 
have missed him. But hopefully there's a lot a lot of applause for both you, John, and Cody at Lockdown Texans from our Lockdown Bears listeners on this crossover Thursday. Hopefully your Texans listeners have learned a thing or two about the Chicago Bears. Make sure you come on back for tomorrow's podcast as well as we both get you ready for this matchup. But, of course, we'll all be breaking it down in our shows on Monday as well. So for John and Cody from Lockdown Texans, thanks for making these Lockdown podcasts your first listen each and every day. I'm Lauren Cox, and we'll see you again back in your podcast feed tomorrow.